my friends. Uh, welcome to season six, week two of Be Formed. Today we're going to be talking about man's freedom. So Father Stephen Brello, the vocation director for the Diocese of Joliet, will lead us to a discussion talking about the faculties that we have of intellect and will, responsibility and freedom. Let's listen to Father Steve. Hi. My name is Father Stephen Borello. I'm the Director of Vocations for the Diocese of Joliet. It's great to be with you again uh, on this week's episode of, of Be Formed. I want to continue our, our discussion uh, about um, where we are and where we're going and how we get there. And today is really about how we get there, which is, is through the use of our freedom. And so just with that in mind, I just want to start us in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O good and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of faith, for the very gift of our baptism, for the very gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives that helps us to be aware of what is true and good and beautiful and grants us the power and, and the ability to choose it. I ask you to, to bless all of those who, who watch this video with a, a new strength and a new courage to choose the good and the true and the beautiful through the intercession of Mary and St. Joseph as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So, last week when we were talking about who we are and where we're going, we talked about the fall. We talked about how we, we lost, in, in many ways, um, what God had given us in the very beginning in the garden. And one of the things that we lose in, in this is the right ordering of our, of our intellectual faculties of intellect and will, and how they now become disordered. They, they, they now are weakened, or St. Thomas says, the intellect is darkened and the will is weakened. The intellect is what sorts through information to discern what is the true and what is is and what we are supposed to to to, to latch on to as of God and the will is that which chooses the good the will is what uh, when something is placed before it is what goes and says this is what we need to do and then it moves all the other faculties of the body to go and bring that about the intellect and the will work very much together. And we can see even in the story of Adam and Eve, how as the serpent is questioning Eve, that we can see how Eve's intellect and will are being clouded, and there's confusion that begins to enter in, and doubt that begins to enter in, which all of a sudden makes it harder for her to be attentive to what really is true, and what really then is good and beautiful and and in the love of loving plan of God. So much so, so that the, the doubts that arise in her heart from the whispering and the lies of the enemy clouds her ability to see what is, what is really before her, that God is a good father. And as a consequence of, of the fall, you and I have experienced now the same struggle that Adam and Eve and all all of all of the children of, of God have experienced, which is that we don't think nearly as clearly as we think we do, and our wills are far weaker than we thought they were. And what does this do for us? 
Well, it makes it that much more challenging for you and for me to stand in the light of faith, to stand in um, to stand in truth and goodness and beauty, and to to choose it. And it plays out in in so many ways, right? How many how many times we joke about this, right? But it's like New Year's, right? How many New Year's resolutions have you made, and how many have you already broken? Because the reality is, is that we make these resolutions without true discernment, and we say yes to them, which is through the faculty of our will, without asking the question, is this really in God's loving plan? Or it might be in God's loving plan, but because our wills are weakened, we are unable to continue to say yes and to follow through on it. The gift of free will, right, which ultimately is what we're talking about here, is a mystery in of itself. Right? It is a gift from God that makes us like him, that, that makes us and that allows us to participate as co-creators uh, in, in the gift of life and in so many ways. And it really is a mystery in the sense of how it comes about within humanity, because it's a gift of the soul and the, and the faculties of intellect and will that allows us then to choose how to follow God. And when you and I are choosing to follow the Lord, like we notice that our intellects become sharper, our, our reason becomes clearer. We notice that our will is strengthened. Why? Because love moves us in such a profound way. On the opposite side of it, when we're, we're choosing things that are less than God, when we're choosing things that are not in accord with God's loving plan, oftentimes our intellect is further darkened and our will is further weakened to be able to say yes to him. You know, I think it's important here that we just pause and say, well, Father, like, what, what does the world, how does the world often define freedom? Well, the world defines freedom, I think, simply saying, it's like, I, I, because with I, am able to do what I want, when I want, where I want, with whom I want. And we see this oftentimes, right? It's this, this, this radical choice, this radical ability to choose and to actualize any choice, right? To make any choice a reality. We go to the grocery store. How many different types of jelly and jam do you have? How many different types of, of all these different things do we have, right? And there's this sense of, I need all of these options and I should have the right to all of these options and grasp at any one of them. Or in terms of, of being with people, right? This sense of radical freedom that that we that is spoken of in our culture and our society says that I have the right to say what I want to say to whoever I want to say, whether or not, right? That's that is the case. Now, law legally, we've said that's not the case, right? You cannot call out fire in a theater if there's no fire, because we recognize that there are actual limits to what what society has deemed as this radical freedom. In Plato and Aristotle. Uh, Plato's idea of freedom is very different. Plato's idea of freedom is all about the state, that man is free to choose that which is best for the state and to fulfill it to the best of his ability. Aristotle, on the other hand, is about the capacity to move oneself towards whatever end one wishes, supposing, supposing, this is really important, right, that his life is led by right reason to move oneself towards the end that right reason has discovered, right? So Aristotle is, is a little more refined and a little more nuanced. And this is really important because this whole notion of right reason versus just reason is super critical and incredibly important for us as we go forward 
on this journey of understanding who man is and the gifts that God gives us through baptism and the gifts he gives us through reason, through, through uh, just who we are as human persons, to be able to choose what is good, true, and beautiful and to see that. Aristotle in his Ethics speaks of, of eudaimonia, the flourishing life, uh, of the life that is fully alive, and he talks about how this is only possible and truly seen only in friendship. And, and he says that, that it's in friendship that we actually see the, the fullness of this flourishing where two persons are in, in this self-giving relationship where it is simply the enjoyment of the other person's company for the other person's sake, right? That this is the flourishing life at the end of the day in the ethics. He goes on further in the politics to say more, but, but to get there, he says, a man must walk a path of self-discovery and a life of virtue. He must walk a journey in which he comes to know who he is through the use of his faculties of reason. Now, what we see in Scripture for you and for me is that, is that Christ, see Christ who is truly and perfectly free, models for us this freedom to to choose always and everywhere the Father's will. This freedom to, to actualize that, what it is that God desires in the moment and in the way that he desires. Now, this requires of us a, a journey of, of self-discovery, a, a journey of reflection, a journey of prayer and relationship with others who can help us have the tools and the, and the, and the talents um, to have the tools, the talents, and, and really the means to help us reason rightly, to help us think through what it is that we want to do or what we are to say. And at the end of the day, the freedom that we speak of in Christianity is, the, is one that has responsibility for everything that I do, everything that I say, everywhere that I go, I am responsible for the choices associated with that, right? If I, if I get into an accident because I didn't sleep at night, right? We might be able to say, well, the accident was because I was tired. Well, the reason I was tired was because I was up late and I, I wasn't exercising the, the virtue of prudence and going to bed at a proper time. And there, there are many examples that we, that we have, right, where we could look at our lives and ask the question, well, what was going on when I chose what I chose? What was it? that was underneath this decision, right? If you ever go to confession and you, you confess, well, I, you know, I went out, I was out too late or I was imprudent. I had too much to drink, right? Or you, you confess, I watched something I wasn't supposed to watch. One of the questions that we would like to ask is, well, Lord, what was going on? What was my will looking for? What was my, what were my emotions looking for? What was my reason looking for? Or what was it about that was being presented to my, my will that was arguing and saying, no, this will be a good choice for you. Because what happens is, is that because our, in, our intellect is darkened, it doesn't, our intellect doesn't always present to us that which it is as it actually is. Oftentimes it presents to us something that, that masquerade is good. Thomas Aquinas will tell us that you and I will choose nothing because it is sinful. We will choose something because it looks good to us. It has this appearance of being good. And freedom is all about being able to choose the good, to be able to choose that which is in the heart and the mind of God, right? In, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 17, 
the whole idea is that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why? Because where grace is, the Lord breaks into these places in our lives and begins, begins to transform us. He begins to instruct us through the power of the sacraments, through this relationship with Jesus Christ, through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He begins to instruct us in a way of living, in a way of making a gift of ourselves to the people around us, in a way of noticing where God is, in noticing what God teaches, in noticing what is true, good, and beautiful authentically, and then granting us the actual grace to say yes to it and to choose it. It can be challenging, right? You know, sometimes I would I, I think to myself, man, why has prayer been so hard lately? And then when I sit there in the chapel, the Lord's like, well, how late are you staying up at night? And I'm like, well, you know, it's not as bad as it was. It's still better. And, and it's like, well, no, the reality is, right, is that I am being imprudent in the use of my time. And because of my imprudence and my intemperance in, in, in reading or my intemperance in, in socializing, I'm not able to give God my best in love. And these little things are our realities in which the Lord is calling us to be aware because he created us for freedom. He created us to freely choose him and respond to him and say yes to him because what does he want? He wants us to be in heaven. He wants us to be with him and experience all of eternity with him. He wants us to participate in the co-creation and uh, in, in the co-recreation of, of this world, of the heavens breaking in because the love of God is overflowing within us. And this is this in beautiful invitation from God in, and to help us. He made us with this freedom, this freedom to be able to choose him, this ability to take responsibility for our choices and actions. Right? Animals don't do this. Animals simply live by their passions. Animals simply, they're hungry, they go eat. They're thirsty, they go drink. They do whatever it is they're inclined to do, not because they've discerned, not because they've made a choice, not because they've reflected, but they simply go and do what it is that they want to do because they want to do it. That's, that's animals. There's, there's no reflection. And the Lord is giving us this gift to not be chained to our passions, to not be chained um, just to, to what we're feeling, to not be chained to a rigidity of life, but to really have, in a sense, an availability to delay gratification, the possibility of choosing something against the particular way that we're inclined, of, of choosing in a way, because we have a freedom, we're not, we're not controlled by our passions, we're not controlled by these things, but we're given this gift of using the combination of our intellect and our will to, to hopefully, as we grow, choose that which is true, good, and beautiful. The secret, though, in this journey, right, is taking responsibility. There's only one person who is responsible for our actions, and that is us. We're not responsible for what people do to us. We're not responsible for how people treat us. We're not responsible for how people, um, of how uh, experiences in our lives have come about but we are responsible for how we have responded to each of these things. We are responsible to the thoughts that we let into our hearts and our minds. We are responsible in many ways uh, to our consent of them or our rejection of them, right? And these are the places that's so important because it's in, it's in taking responsibility. It's in moving away from a victim spirit of a victimhood, right? Because the whole idea of a victim spirit or a victimhood 
stands in opposition to this notice of freedom, right? This idea that, that I am a victim, it means I have no freedom. And we can see in the scriptures, we can see, right, in Galatians, we can see in, in, in Romans where St. Paul is so, so insistent and intentional about talking about the fact that you and I are free in Christ. We are free in the Beloved we are free because he has set us free from sin and death. But sin has weakened us. Sin has, has made us struggle. And, and so this, this journey to grow in freedom really is one of heroic. It's a heroic struggle. It's a battle that you and I get to participate in, in cooperating with God to fight against this, the weaknesses of the flesh, the weaknesses of the mind, the weaknesses of the spirit, so that we can, we can celebrate these little victories. Right? Getting out of bed when your alarm clock goes off. Um, saying no to that, to that first sip of water and waiting a few moments just to, to do a little penance for yourself. Or, or even like taking a shower that's shorter than you want it to be, even though you know you have time. Just to make a little bit of sacrifice and say, you know what, I don't have to do this and I can, I can share this little sacrifice with the Lord. Why? Because we have a freedom to do everything with him and in him and through him and for him. For freedom's sake, for freedom's sake, Christ came to set us free. He came to set us free so that we could be like him, that we could participate, that we could become more and more godlike, that we could be divinized, because that is how we were created to be. We were created to be children of God. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what we are. And if children, then heirs. And if heirs, well, then we have a whole lot that is super exciting in front of us that we're going to be able to participate in. And praise Jesus for that. Praise Jesus, right, that in his patience and in his love for us, he endured his passion, his death and resurrection, so that you and I could become sons and daughters and heirs to a kingdom. And in becoming heirs, we are given the graces that are necessary for us to say no to what is evil, to say no to, to that which, which will not draw us closer to the Lord, and to say yes to the things that are of God, to say yes to the gifts that are from him, to say yes uh, to the little sacrifices, because it all flows from love. For freedom's sake, Christ came to set us free. For the ability to choose the Father, to choose the Son, to choose the Holy Spirit, to choose the good and the true and the beautiful, he came, so that you and I could be set ablaze with the fire of love, and this is just, it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. And the more and more that we say yes, the freer we become. And the more and more we say yes, the more joyful we are. And the more and more we say yes, the more able we are to stand against a world that says, you are enslaved, give in. We can say, no, I'm free. I'm free to choose differently than my passions, my desires say. I'm free to choose the love of God. And lastly, I just want to say this, right? Freedom does not take, the exercise of freedom does not take place in a vacuum. It takes place in a relationship, in a community. First and foremost, it takes place in our relationship between man and God, right? Between the Father and us. And then it takes place in, in light of our relationship with the people around us and with even within ourselves. And it takes place within nature, which is why it's so important that we recognize that there's responsibilities that will come with all of these relationships, 
that we cannot separate out any of these relationships or excuse any of them, but that we truly have to be attentive to the fact that all of them play together in our journey of sanctification. We are, for the sake of freedom, to choose that which is authentically true and good in the eyes of God, for ourselves, for our neighbor, and for and towards nature, is, is really this gift that we have received. And so at the end of the day, the only desire I have is that you and I, and this is what I tell all of the seminarians and all the men discerning, I only want your freedom. Because if you find freedom, you find the capacity to experience and encounter in new ways the profound love of God. And that profound love of God fills your heart and your soul, and you're able to respond as he calls you to the glorious life that he has in store for you. My brothers, my sisters, for freedom's sake, Christ has come. He's come to set us free. He's come to set you free, that you would no longer be enslaved to sin and death, but would be able to rise every morning with a smile on your face, singing hymns and songs of praise, blessed be God, for you have made me and you have formed me and you have created me to know you, to love you, to serve you, to be with you in this life and forever in the next. And as we begin to, to in these next sessions, go further in understanding what morality looks like and in human and just the other uh, virtues that come with this, I just have so much excitement and so much joy. And I pray that, that you find yourself growing in courage to say yes to God and no to sin. May God's blessing be with you this day. May he strengthen you with an outpouring of his Holy Spirit, granting you every grace and every cardinal and theological virtue to be able to know him and to love him and to serve him and to respond generously to him today, tomorrow, and forever. God bless, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks, Father Steve, for that great and inspiring video on our use of freedom, our using our intellect and will to make choices for the good, saying yes to the things of God and no to the things that lead us away from God. In those daily moments, we can make decisions growing closer to God or away from him. So thank you very much. Just an encouragement, everyone, uh, you know, to listen to these weekly videos when you have, uh, you know, 20 or 30 minutes during the week. Uh, if you can, listen to the daily videos that I do. None of this uh, you have to do. We want to encourage you, do what you can. Take one step closer to Jesus. Some people want to do it all. Some people can only just show up to their weekly meetings. All of it is good. Our goal is holiness one step at a time. So again, weekly video, daily videos, your commitment card, share with your prayer partner. Pray for your prayer partner. Encourage him or her. And uh, attend your weekly meetings. Um, it's in those small groups that a lot of beautiful things happen in friendship. As Father Steve said, freedom doesn't happen in a vacuum, but it happens in our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And our goal here is that we can help, you know, uh, enlighten our minds through being formed and also strengthen our will so that we can not only know what is true, good, and beautiful, so that we can also choose it. God bless you. Have a great week.